Welcome to Life in Context, a conversational podcast where we explore life and relationships in the context of Christian faith, relationship with Jesus, biblical truth, and emotionally healthy practices. I'm your host, Esther. And I'm your host, Jill. We come from different backgrounds and life experiences and bring our different professional and personal skills and training to our conversations. We agree on many things. And we differ on other things. That's part of what we enjoy about our conversations. We love to encourage and challenge each other and our listeners to consider new approaches, new ideas, and ways to think about life within the context of our faith. It's always our hope in these podcasts to bring real life strategies, positive ideas, and faith-building practices that can be applied to these sometimes challenging topics that we all face in life. So let's get into today's topic. Jill, you look so rested. Do I? You do. (laughs) Well, we're going to talk about why I look so rested today. We are, because today we're going to talk about the topic of rest, which I think is kind of an unusual topic for us, huh? Um, I think rest is elusive to many Particularly in our culture and in our society and in the world and time in which we live. Absolutely. Even under this uh, current COVID situation, I still believe people have found it very difficult to rest because of the uncertainty of the situation, even though there may appear to be a lot of downtime. It, I think I would challenge some people and ask if this has felt restful. <laughs> sure. Well, there's a big difference between just having downtime and being rested and getting rest. And sometimes when we have downtime, forced downtime, that makes us even more anxious, right? We're even more aware of all the things we want to do and accomplish and places we want to go. And we end up being very restless. Well, the forced downtime feels like oppression. Yeah, It feels like free will choice has been removed, which doesn't feel good. Right. But rest is different. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And we can rest even when it is forced circumstances. We can use those situations and circumstances to help us find rest and to help us pursue rest. But rest is elusive, as you said. And sometimes we've got to actually go out and pursue it. Pursue it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's fascinating. Uh, we were talking about Bible, the Bible says pursue peace as much as is possible with you, pursue peace with all men. So pursue peace in relationships, pursue peace in your life, pursue peace for your soul. And it sounds like a dichotomy to pursue Mm -hmm. peace. I'm running after it, but I, but I, I need to be still. I'm thinking about the words rest, peace, and stillness Mm -hmm. as each having kind of a, a different caliber of, of quiet, if you will. And rest goes beyond just sleep and really being rested is not a brief thing. Now we can begin to feel rested with small breaks sometimes, right? Sometimes it doesn't take big, long getaways, but to really feel rested, especially if we've been in a a place of pressure or stress Um, If we've been in a place of real busyness, it can take a little while to get there, huh? Yeah, it's called decompression. Right. There's a reason it's uh, even the word sounds like decompression. You know, we're going to bring it down. (laughs) I have a favorite place where I like to go and I describe driving up the mountain Mm -hmm. where I go as a part of the decompression process for me. The farther up I get, the more I feel like I'm putting away some of the busyness and the craziness and the pressure 
that I might feel in my daily life. Well, I actually got to visit your favorite getaway place last week. Thank you very much. (laughs) And really had an experience that I believe, well, I believe it changed me. I was telling some of my group members and some of my friends that I, I had had an event happen that really did take, take my peace. Like it, mm-hmm. it rattled me on the inside. And my lovely friend Esther, <laughs> when I told her my husband had suggested I get away, Esther said she has this cabin. And I heard the Lord say to me, come away with me. And I really didn't, it made me cry a little because I said, what does that mean? What do I do? How do I do that? All the do's. Uh, and that is the thing about rest, right? It, it doesn't really fit into the do paradigm. It doesn't, but it seems like, okay, well, I have to do something to get to where I can rest. Mm-hmm. And so we were talking, we'd talk a little bit about what is it to pursue it or to Um, be purposeful about creating the place for it. So rest sometimes needs boundaries as well, right? Absolutely. It's the things that we say, I'm going to exclude these things for a period of time so that I can get rest. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's stepping away from busyness or responsibilities or taking care of other people or other situations. Sometimes it's stepping away from our, our rituals and our patterns from things that are good in our normal life. Responsibilities even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know that I, I love to do research. I love to study. But rest and study don't go together always, no. right? So it's the ability to say, maybe today I'm not going to do the homework. I'm just going to read the word. Today I'm not going to figure it out. I'm just going to let it speak to me. Um, it's not feeling like I need to do something with it. And it's, it's allowing yourself to step out of the schedule and the production and the need to accomplish. It was, it's interesting because it's counterintuitive in our culture. Mm-hmm. It can almost, well, I, I believe it can almost feel guilty. It does. Naps are guilt, make you feel guilty. Unplugging from work, from social media, from emails, from texting, from phone calls can actually feel like, <gasps> you know, Right. But I believe part of the rest is really unplugging from those things so that you can just have a stillness and create the, uh, create the atmosphere to not be responsible. And it doesn't mean being irresponsible, but your responsibilities can be put somewhere else for a period of time while, while you get what you need to recharge so you can go back to whatever you're called to do as the best version of yourself. Well, let's call it to, to work from rest rather than rest from work. Right, right. <laughs> Sometimes there's that, that pressure. Like we know we're not firing on all cylinders. We know we're not accomplishing and, and doing what we want and we're not being productive, but we feel like resting is going to be counterintuitive and counterproductive. But if we rest, when we come back, we will more than make up for it and our ability to focus and to function and to accomplish and to pay attention. But that resting at first feels so counterproductive. We make have, you feel anxious. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to press in through that. And, and I always tell people, give it a little space, sit with that dilemma, sit with that distress for a little bit. It's a little bit like sitting with silence. You don't mm-hmm. have to 
fill it. If you sit with it for a while, you'll discover it's already full. I love that. I just love that sentence. When I went to this cabin of yours, uh, what I discovered as it took about two days for the debris to be cleared away. I call it like my mental debris. And on the third day, as I just sat on the deck with pine trees all around me and stillness, I heard the wind going from one side of the pines to the other. I thought it was a train. <laughs> oh, it's wind movement. And I, I felt like I was in this place with the Lord. I was in this place with Jesus as my husband. I felt like we were this elderly couple on a porch somewhere in the South, not talking, no need. The space was filled with love, with communion, with peace. I had one morning brought out all these journals and my Bible, and I just looked at it and went, no, no, I'm going to sit. I'm going to purpose to sit and be still. And as you said, found that the space was full and it was so, I became still on the inside. I, I mentioned I had had an event happen that really rattled me and took my peace. And I, I knew that I, I needed to get still. I needed to find my peace. And I, the, the pursuit of it was, I'm going to go to this mountain and Jesus, give it to me. I don't, I, <laughs> what do I do? I really had a, what do I do? But as I realized it was just a sitting and being slow and being still. And it was awkward at first because I am a doer and I'm mm -hmm. a high energy person, but it was so beautiful. I just cried. I didn't, I want to tell our listeners, I just cried and cried and cried. I don't know what I was crying about. It didn't matter. It wasn't necessary to figure out what this was coming from. It was just something deep in me was just weeping, being near the Lord, being near near Jesus and on this mountaintop in the presence of, of his creation and him with no agenda, no pressure, no time limit, nothing to be, nothing to fix, nothing to solve. Not even like the, even thinking I have to pray felt like work. Mm -hmm. And I know that might be like, <gasps> I pray all the time. We pray all the time. <laughs> but in this moment, it was just a stillness that was so perfect and so needed. It, it, it really has shifted something for me. I, not only is that beautiful for you, but I think it's so beautiful for you to share with our listeners, because I think it's, it's a, such a refreshing, it is really the life that we need right now. I agree. We are under a tremendous amount of pressure as people right now. And there's voices and fears and all kinds of things flying around. I mean, you only have to turn on the radio to hear all kinds of things and, and all kinds of, of concerns and fears and worries. And if you're not worried, you don't know what's happening in the world, right? I mean, there's stuff everywhere and uh, it, it's just crazy and it can become overwhelming and uh, we can become so either discouraged or anxious or irritable or angry and depressed, depressed, and all of these divided. things divided and divided. I, I really think that rest is where we're going to find the peace that we need. 
And I love the message. I know I'm always like spouting the various the translations message. of the yes. message. Translation, when it shares certain passages, because it's very poetic. And one of the, the ways that it translates um, from Matthew 11 is get away with me and you'll recover your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a picture of rest. Yes. Jesus got away. He got away and he got away by himself. By now, this, himself. This can be kind of a challenge for a lot of us. And I know a lot of people, if you've got small children or you've got just a lot of responsibilities, the time you can get away is limited, but take what you can, if you can. There is something about that rest for yourself that when you're with somebody else, it's different. Yeah, I was going to add that, that my husband came with me. He stayed with me for two days. Then I was alone for three days. And then he came back the last day and a half. And we are married. We're very, very close. But I needed to be alone. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to encourage people to find the solitude. It's not isolation. It's find the solitude to be in a, in a secret place with Jesus in a secret place. Jesus got away to be with the father. Mm -hmm. Jesus got away to a solitary place to be with the father. And I have to think that if Jesus did that to be poured into, to be fortified, to be uh, recover his life, which is a crazy concept to think because he is life. But when he was in his humanity, he needed to get away to a quiet place to have his own time with the father. And I just think we really need to take a page from Jesus's playbook and pursue peace in that way with a getaway. And I, I think it's important to view a getaway is different than a vacation. Right. What's the difference, Esther, between a getaway and a vacay? So <laughs> I love a good vacation, right? I love museums and I love, I love to ski. I love activities and actions and whitewater rafting and galleries and all of that stuff. But that's very different than a rest. Okay, that's active. Sometimes you come back from a vacation more tired than Needing you Needing a vacation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's something different. And for me, a vacation is usually stimulating and interesting. Sometimes it's uh, socially bonding. If I'm vacationing with my family, we're reconnecting mm-hmm. because our lives are very busy. My kids are adults, so we don't always see each other as much. So you know, when I'm talking about a vacation over the holidays, it's it's time I'm spending with them and right. it's great. But that is different than this kind of a, a getaway rest with the Lord. And when my kids were little, sometimes the only rest I could get was, you know, an hour walking. There were times when I would pay the neighborhood teenager, the daughter of a friend of mine, to bring her little hot chocolate over and, <laughs> and to, to watch cartoons with the kids so I could have an hour outside of the house mm-hmm. in a park because I didn't, I couldn't go away for, right. for long stretches. But now as they're grown, I get to have this time and I, I want to redeem it because I can pack in so much of my day and my life with the troubles and the cares, not only of the world, but of other people. Uh-huh. By the nature of, of what I do, I, uh, it's easy for me to attach to the burdens of other people, right? They're sharing their grief and their hurt and right. their conflict. Right, and, right. and I need to have that time of stillness. And in the message after it says, get away with me and you'll recover your life. The next very next sentence says, I'll show you how to take a real rest. So when I first began to read that, I thought, well, who doesn't know how to take a rest, right? Lay down and take a nap. (laughs) (laughs) 
But there's, I think a lot of people. Yeah, there's a very different thing than maybe what we're calling it, right? Sometimes words mean things and we've mislabeled what a rest is. A rest is that <sighs> deep breath. Mm-hmm. It's that ability to be. I don't have to account for it. I don't have to do. I don't have to answer. I notice after I'm rested, I'm more likely to ask the people I care for and that I love how they are than what they're doing. Yeah, nice. That's interesting. I notice that when I'm unrested and I'm more focused on accomplishments and production, because, you know, I I live in America, I live in this culture and this society, and, and I easily gauge that I am nag way more in my personal <laughs> life. you being naggy. I do. She's but, so nice, you guys. But when I rest, I'm much more about how people are feeling, how they are, than what they're accomplishing, what they're up to, right? So I think it helps us to shift about life and relationship and, and the core as a opposed to sort of this grading. And Jill, you know that I'm a teacher. I'm a professor. Mm-hmm. She's so, a grader. <laughs> I'm a grader, right? <laughs> I, I have to create assignments for my students and I have to assess their learning. And the way that we assess learning is that we grade assignments. And I always tell my students that this is a very awkward thing because life isn't a grade. You're not getting a grade in your life, right? I have to assess that you've learned the skills and the things that I've taught you. So that I know, do I need to reapproach how I'm teaching it? Do we need to reapproach the class and, and the activities and the lessons so that you have a better chance of learning it? But life is not about getting a grade. You're not walking around getting a grade. We live in a culture and a society that's kind of twisted that a little bit. And um, all the television shows and so many of the reality things, like we're voting people off the island. Well, everybody's got a platform now. Right. So we're doing this whole like you're off the island and I'm voting you out of the group and you're and we kind of feel like stressful, like we're grading. people. But you know what? We're not. You're not getting a grade. This how you survive um, the experiences of life, how you thrive through them isn't about grading. I, I had a client this morning and she's grieving and she's going through a lot of very difficult things. And she was apologizing to me. I, I didn't accomplish all that I should. There's there's no grade. There's no grade. You don't have to apologize to me. No, and that just suggests that everything is performance-driven and accomplishment-driven. And and, and where's the peace and and where's the rest? Feeling judged. Mm -hmm. And I think... Everybody's watching. Right. Rest allows you to step away from that. And for those people who are feeling judged, feeling like they're being graded on everything and they're not measuring up... Rest is so key and so important. And Jill, from my own personal experience, one of the places we can feel the most graded and like we're not measuring up is in our family relationships, Mm -hmm. right? As a mother, you know, how many days did I end the day going, I think I failed, right? I think I broke them. I think I failed. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is not good. Um, I did not pass (laughs) this day and... As a friend, sometimes I feel like I think I failed. I, as a, a person in relationship, as a wife, sometimes I feel like I failed. And there is something about being at peace with the Lord to know he's not failing me or passing me. This isn't about right. that. 
he's loving me. And just to consider that it's our, our life as the people of God is not pass fail. Right. It, it is, am I operating as a well-intentioned upward person, upward, upright person? And when I say upright, I mean, am I doing my best to be a, the woman of God he's called me to be in, in the being mm-hmm. sector? And if my intentions are good, my outcomes might not always be great, but I, I know I'm never intentionally hurting anyone. I know you're never intentionally hurting anyone. Do people get hurt? Sometimes, yes. But I think we can dial it back to, am I, am I a well-intentioned upward? I don't know if that's the right word, but you do know what I mean. There's kind of a mean, picture, like, you know, we've been talking about, for me, getting away is, is frequently about the mountains. And I love the trees. So I'm from Oregon. It's where I was born and raised. Uh, I live in Southern California. Palm trees are not the same. I have to go to the mountains to get my trees. <laughs> um, and trees, you know, they're rooted and they plant and they, they don't appear to be doing anything, but they're growing and they grow and get tall and they reach the sky. And sometimes that season of rest, that time of rest allows me to also know, are my roots deep enough? Mm-hmm. Have I gotten kind of spread out? Um, what's happening with me, uh, usually not in the moment. It's when I come back and I can say, oh, you know what? I, I realize I've gotten distracted. I've gotten off track. My roots have kind of gone in a weird direction. And that rest allows me to recenter and make sure I'm, I'm nice and tall and I'm getting plenty of water, getting plenty of sunshine. Yes. Yes. I like, I, well, I love tree metaphors. I draw my, my clients know that I draw trees and I draw root systems and I, I do teaching on fruit to root and so mm-hmm. I love tree metaphors and the growth is a process. Right. You can't just stare at the branch and pop out a fruit and your, your roots growing deep, that tap root, that center root that goes, goes deep down to draw the water and the, the root that's pulling nutrients out of soil. And knowing that this, this part of growth and, and part of growth incorporates rest I mean, the Jewish culture is a Sabbath day rest. That, that's where we get our, our salvation comes from the Jewish culture. And the Jewish culture is one Sabbath day rest a week. And if you ever go to Israel, you better have your groceries on Friday. Right. Because you're not going to be able to buy anything on Saturday. <laughs> so rest was so worked in. The land had to lay fallow for one year. One year out of seven years, the land had to rest. So Rest was really, really built into the Jewish culture and really knowing that we work, that people need to work from rest. Mm -hmm. So I I love the the tree metaphor and feeling like you can get out of balance and need to get away to a place to get your, get your son, get some, get some root health, get some, uh, get some fertilizer. (laughs) So for, for me and, and the mountains, you know, matters to me. I live not that far from the beach and I love the beach. I love the ocean. I love the water. Sometimes the busyness of the beach where we are, the people, all the responsibilities of, of, of parking in the right spot and making sure I have sunscreen. And then, you know, you, am I, am I covered in the right ways and in the right places? And then the comparison things that women do at the beach, yeah. all of that stuff can distract me from rest. So sometimes it's not the right place for me. 
I, for me, nature is really, really important um, when I am pursuing rest with the Lord. I feel like when I'm in kind of a, a manufactured environment, I'm much more easily distracted and it's much harder for me to tap into rest. And when I am resting, it's when I begin to experience the unforced rhythms of grace. Yes. That's so good. Say that again. It's when I begin to experience the unforced rhythms of grace. Unforced rhythms of grace. That's so good. I need to experience it. I cannot offer grace to other people if I don't experience grace. So I know I need rest when I am becoming a rules-oriented person, right? When that legalism is kind of sneaking in and I'm getting judgy of myself and other people and I'm, I'm getting kind of that hypercritical um, kind of grading things, well, right? Well, that might speak to a lot of people because a lot of people, when they feel out of control, start to micromanage things to right. give them some sense of control. And that might be a good cue for any of any of our listeners to know, like when you start to feel like getting legalist or getting rulesy, mm-hmm. that you might be feeling out of control and maybe need a, need a getaway. It's, it's a time for rest. And it's a time for me to experience that, that grace from the Lord. I sometimes can tell, right? I can tell I'm the irritableness that I'm feeling, the anxiety, all of those things. And I know I need rest. Sometimes the people around me know. Like I need uh, rest. our husbands. Right. Yep. <laughs> My husband's the one that said, you need to get away. My husbands will sometimes say, I filled the car up with gas. You can go if you would like. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I'll take care of stuff here for a little while. Sometimes the people that we're closest to are really the most aware that we're burdened and we're stressed and we need rest. And I think one of the things we talk about, Jill, is community and kind of trusting that the people around us, if they speak that into us, that we can we can trust that and listen to that even when we don't recognize it ourselves. Absolutely. I, I, I want to say it was my, my husband and uh, one of my other very good, very close friends that just said, they felt that I needed to get away, get off the grid. And I said, all right, I'm going to try that. And then my friend offered me a cabin and it was beautiful and amazing. And honestly, it was life-changing. I want to also include something. I think it's really important as leaders, whatever you lead, I think we all lead something. But as leaders, I want to telegraph to the people I lead how important it is to take care of themselves. And I can't just tell them to do that if they don't see me do it. Mm -hmm. So it was really impactful to the women that are called to this ministry when I told them I'm going to push the group start date back two weeks. I need to take a week and go take care of myself. And we're going to start two weeks later. And I have three full groups starting and it's okay. And it really impacted some of them to see me do that. Like, no, it, I need to do what I need to do so that I'm going to be the best version of me that I can be for the people that I lead. Not I'm going to push myself into some kind of breakdown right. <laughs> or early grade because I have to meet this deadline. I don't. Like, that's part of the beauty of working for yourself and having your able to make your own schedule. But it, I think it really showed the people that I 
am called to, that they can do that too. Mm -hmm. And I think healthy leadership needs to telegraph that to the people they lead. Absolutely. I think this is an important key for Christian leaders in the church, for church leaders right now, who are feeling so many pressures and so many stresses. Whatever decision you're making, as quarantines come in and out and rules go, half the people are going to be mad at you, uh-huh. right? There's, there's so much concern and name calling and issues and things. And if you don't have the ability to rest, this can drive you crazy. And then for family members, parents, if you don't have the ability to rest, you're teaching your kids that you have to drive constantly. They're going to they're gonna pick up whatever you're laying down. I think sometimes forced experiences like we're going through right now give us the opportunity to say, well, maybe this would be a time for some rest. Maybe this is a time to consider what it is like not to fill all the roles I normally do. For leaders, you you mentioned leaders, and I was thinking about some of the church pastors that I know that I'm so proud of that they have really been able to be very clear. Their identity is not wrapped around their platform. Mm-hmm. Right? Amen. They, they have found ways to love people and to receive love outside of the normal structure of, of the pulpit a certain number of times a week. And it's been really good. They've been able to see, in some cases, their communities and their fellowships in more one-on-one settings and right. more intimate settings really uh-huh. grow and be mature and, and offer love and care in many ways. So I, I've been super proud of some of that, but I've seen some others who are really struggling. Mm-hmm. Like what happens if people don't see me all the time? That's when your when your identity is so wrapped up in your role, mm-hmm. you're going to struggle. You're going to suffer. Years ago, I had the opportunity to be involved in a a particular platform activity. And at the very last minute, it shifted and it shifted direction in a way that wasn't consistent with who I am and and the message and, and how I wanted to communicate. And I had to back out. And the person who shifted it knew that this wasn't consistent with me, but had some assumptions And he said to me, you'll lose your platform. If you don't do it, just go along with me. This is your platform. And I said, "Mm, you don't know me very well, (laughs) right? I'm I'm sorry, because I was looking forward to this opportunity. And I felt like there was a good message and a good opportunity. But I'll step away from the platform if it's not right. And do you guys hear how awesome that is? (laughs) (laughs) But I think sometimes we don't do that if we don't come from a place of rest. If we're not okay being, I like to do, I like to accomplish. I like to write. I love these podcasts. Mm -hmm. I love to do things, right? I love to feel like at the end of the day, I've gotten stuff done, but I'm okay if I've just been with the Lord. It's wholeness Mm -hmm. in the stillness. uh, We can find wholeness and in the rest, it's the, I don't have to, I get to, Right. But I don't have to. And if I quote unquote, lose a platform that, you know, that that's really neither here nor there. And if the platform changes while you're off of it, maybe that's good. Maybe there's an opportunity to see what's new, what's next. Sometimes we have to step away from what we're used to, from our ritual, our routine to see what the Lord has for us. Sometimes those aren't doors that God's opening for you. 
Right. Sometimes those are, those are doors that need to be shut. Mm -hmm. I think rest allows us to be okay Mm -hmm. with that. I agree. So I am super glad that you look so rested and you seem so rested. Me too. And I'm hoping that even in the midst of all of the chaos of this crazy COVID world and all that is happening, that our listeners get an opportunity to pursue some rest and to experience it. I hope the same for all of our listeners. God bless you guys. We'll talk next time. Many blessings. Bye now. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Life in Context, hosted by Jill Shankles and Esther DeWitt edited and produced by BizFid Communications. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star review and follow us and like us wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help. For more information on who we are and what we do, you can follow Jill at jillshankles.com. That's Jill, S-H-A-N-K-L-E-S.com and on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow Esther at peaceprof.com. That's peace, P-R-O-F.com and at PeaceProf on Twitter and Facebook.